Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to end this uh, series on the conscience, and I believe it's so important to hear what I'm about to talk about and uh, really get clarity in the information of scripture that'll help us, help us uh, be able to live this life free, be able to live the life that Jesus meant to give us when he said, I've come to give people freedom. I've come to set free. And so in that, we're gonna get in this message and, and really uh, dig into the area of, of the conscience, the area of guilt, conviction, things that we, we use in religious terminology. Uh, but again, though that religious terminology or what I call Christianese is something that we created with uh, wrong doctrine or wrong information. So what we want is we want the truth and uh, to understand it and we'll apply it and we'll be set free in this information. I was thinking about when I was a, a kid, I, I told this years ago, but when I was um, I was probably like about seven, six or seven, and I got my first slingshot. And so we had this big old field, an open field across the street from where I lived, where I grew up. Uh, and um, me and my friends, we were out there just, they had their slingshots and I had mine. And we were just out there slingshotting away. And this dove went flying by me and I thought, I'm going to see if I can hit that dove. Now, it wasn't the same dove, but in my head, I thought, I'm going to take my slingshot, and I'm going to hit that dove. And I literally, the next dove, pulled back my slingshot, let it go, and it hit the dove. Feathers went everywhere, and that dove went, boom, straight to the ground. Now, you'd think after doing that, I would rejoice, and I would jump up and down and get so excited that I could take a slingshot and knock out a dove. I'm ready for dove season. No, my first feeling, my conscience was completely filled with guilt. Guilt because I just killed a dove and I didn't know how to deal with it. Because what am I going to do with the dead dove? I wasn't a hunter. I wasn't raised in church. I had no understanding of the Bible whatsoever. So what caused the guilt of me killing that dove? And that's the thing that I need you to understand because there's a lot of things that are happening in our lives where we feel guilty, where our conscience is condemning us. And it's not because it's correct. It's because it's what we're doing wrong. Remember, we were looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 10. And Paul was talking about food, food offered to idols. In other words, uh, steaks or meats that were sacrificed and then sold to the public. And Christians would go out and people would go out and buy it because that's where the steaks were. Now, Paul had to write in the scripture about food offered to devils. And the reason why is because he wanted us to understand the, the difference in conscience with one another. He said some can eat with a good conscience and have no problem eating that steak. In other words, he's saying the conscience of that person eating it 
is freedom. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. He said, but there are those that have a weaker conscience. Remember we read that? Those with a weaker conscience. And, and what do I mean by that is, is here they are. They're born again. They're brand new. They're brand new in the faith. They just came out from the law. They come out from works, legalism. Now pay attention because this is so vital for every follower of Jesus. We have these legalistic viewpoints, this understanding of these laws that we create or that we were taught that make us feel guilty, that condemn us. And so he's saying that that person still has an understanding of you can't eat this. It's wrong. It was offered up to a devil. It's wrong. You can't do it. And then you got another believer that's sitting there chomping away going, no, there's nothing wrong with this. This is good steak. And Paul said, listen, we know, or we should know, there's only one God, one God. And these demons and these devils and all these idols aren't real. They're not real, only one God. But someone with a weak conscience, he says, the reason why their conscience is weak is because of their past information but he also says something very important. He said, and a weak conscience will become defiled. And that word means uh, contaminated. So a contaminated conscience is because of a weak conscience. I will say that again. A contaminated conscience is because of a weak conscience. And so this is what we saw last week. And we were also looking at what does the Bible say about conviction? What does the Bible say about the word convict? And we recognize, as far as what Scripture tells us, that it's not the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And I know this freaks people out, not necessarily here, but there's a whole lot of Christians out there that they communicate and believe that the Holy Spirit is convicting them of their sins that they're doing. And I'm here to tell you that's not biblical. It's not even in the Bible. Now, the problem is, is they take one Scripture and they misuse the scripture. And that's John 16, eight. It says, when, the, when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict, elenko is the, the Greek word, and we'll look at this. He will convict the world of sin, singular. And the word sin is harmatia. Now what that means is, is pretty simple. You miss the mark or what you're aiming for is not gonna hit the target. Now think about this. This is, Jesus telling us about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world. Isn't that something? So he says the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to elenco the world concerning missing the mark. And what that means is, is no matter what, you can't hit the mark until you become born again until you receive Jesus, you believe in Jesus. And that's what he says. He says, he will convict the world of sin, not sins, and of righteousness and of judgment. Now notice he says convict or the word elenco means expose, bring to light. To expose, bring to light, to give correction for wrong. It, it's, it's, it's not this convict, you're going to hell. That's religion. It's not this convict, you're, you're evil, that's religion. It's exposing, bringing to light something that's off in your life. 
So he said, Jesus said, Jesus said this. The Holy Spirit convicts or shows light on the area of a person's sin nature. He's showing them this. And they're either going to receive that and do something about it or they're going to blow it away. But the Holy Spirit's going to convict the world. He's going to show the light, reveal to the world. He's going to reprove the world of the sin nature. And he says, of righteousness and judgment. Now, if you're wanting to know what that means, it's, it's Alenko. He's going to shed light on, open up understanding to righteousness. Who would that be for? Believers. The Holy Spirit is going to show light on righteousness to believers. Then the next one is judgment. Well, where's that going to go? Because we're not going to be condemned or judged as far as Scripture says. The devil is. His angels are. And all those that decide to say no to God, no to the Holy Spirit, no Jesus, they will have judgment on them. So that is pretty much what the Holy Spirit's operation uh, in that sense is what he does. Now, we understand the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, he's God, that he is operating in our lives and he leads us, he guides us, he gives us uh, uh, information. Um, There's so much that the Holy Spirit is involved with with our lives, but he does not and he will not convict you of your sins. And if that was a factual statement, we would read it consistently in scripture and it's not there. You will not find anything on convict, conviction, and the Holy Spirit in the same sentence. Now, if that was, um, that, that in most Christians, that's a major doctrine. That's a major understanding. Well, why isn't it a major teaching in Scripture? Exactly. That's when we wake up and start realizing, wait a minute, there's a lot of false stuff out there that we believe. A lot. Now, it does talk about the conscience, and it says an evil one and a good one. So it's showing you that the conscience be good and it can be evil. It also shows us in scripture different things of how the conscience operates in our lives. So guilt in all actuality is based upon you're guilty for something that you already know. It's some, remember Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve felt guilty of one thing and that one thing is, is they chose to disregard God's command, said don't eat the fruit. Don't eat the fruit. That's it. Don't eat the fruit. The devil said, you got to be kidding me. That, that, that's not the issue. You need to understand. You take that fruit, you're going to know good and evil. He said, you're going to know good and evil. Now, what was it beforehand? Well, they didn't have shame. We saw it in Scripture. And they didn't know evil. Because when you know evil, guilt, then will come the other thing, shame and condemnation. Tied to what? You being disobedient to a specific belief. Completely. If they went to another tree and ate of it, they wouldn't have felt guilty. Why? Because it wasn't against what God said don't do. So the moment they did that, the Bible says that they received eyes open. Their eyes open and they knew between right and wrong, bad or good. The moment that happened, what happens? They feel what? Guilty. Why? Because they disregarded what God's word said. Don't eat the fruit. So now they're walking around in guilt. God shows up. What happens? They're they're guilty. And guilt 
If you don't deal with correctly, like we saw last week, you feel guilty about something, deal with it. Just take care of it. The guilt can be, oh, you shot a dove and you killed that poor dove. Well, then you got to deal with it. You know how I dealt with that poor little dove? I buried it. I buried the little dove and I felt miserable about it. And I never shot at a bird after that until, until I started hunting. Me and my friends and my, their, their dads and my dad, we started to learn how to hunt. And I had no problem with killing doves. I had no problem killing, you name it, I'm going to kill it. I mean, see what happened? What happened to that poor little kid that was so guilty of killing a bird? And now he's not only killing them, but he's frying them on the frying pan. That's what I'm saying. What took place? Different information. Different information. One time, my conscience felt guilty. The next time, no guilt. I was guilty if I didn't get more than I should have. So see, see what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're living a life to where information is transforming how we see or perceive things, which affect how we feel as far as conscience. So that's why you can see Christians do things differently than you and, and have no problem with it, but you do it and you've had a terrible problem with it. You can see Christians, I know, I know um, through example, I've seen Christians, same family, some will say, you know, I don't get a rip, I can care less. And one of the kids will be going, how dare you say rip? And the other one's like going, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Conscience. One has a different viewpoint than the other. One, it is sin. The other, it is not. That's why Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not everything's right or good for me. But I can do anything I want. I can say whatever I want. But it's not going to be, not everything I do or say is going to be beneficial to me. So I need to understand that. So this is what God's trying to show us in his word, by the way, not, not false doctrine, not made up opinions or truths about the Holy Spirit or whatever. This is what the Bible teaches, and I want us free. So I want us to understand how to help in the area of guilt by understanding. Everybody say understanding. There you go. And in understanding, we grow, and according to Paul, we're able to exercise our conscience. And that's pretty powerful. I heard about the story of this, um, the shoplifter and he became born again. He received Jesus as the Lord and savior. And he wrote a letter to the, the last store that he ripped off. And he wrote a letter and said, I have become a Christian and I have not been able to sleep. I've been guilty of me stealing from your store. So here's $100. And he said, P.S. And if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. All right, I thought you guys would like that one. And if you're not laughing, re-listen to it on YouTube, okay? So what we have is we have our conscience inside us, and it came alive, it came up in the forefront when Adam and Eve sinned. So that conscience that God, according to Romans chapter two, remember it said, uh, let's, let's read that. For when Gentiles, Romans 2, 14, when Gentiles who did not have the law, were, they're, they're, not, they're not a part of the Mosaic law in the Jews or Israel, 
They're Gentiles, normal Romans, whatever. By nature, do the things of the law. Notice it says, by nature, do the things of the law. In other words, they know by nature it's not right to steal, it's not right to kill, it's not right to do. They just in their nature and they know. And it says, although not having the law are a law to themselves. What does it say? A law to themselves. That means the information you have within you, that information creates a law to yourself. That's why Paul was saying about the food. He said, some look at it as this is wrong, a law to themselves. Some look at it as right, a law to themselves. It's no big deal. I'm going to eat it. Which one is right? It, it doesn't matter which one is right. It matters in what do you believe? What do you believe? Because that's where your conviction comes from, in your conscience of what you believe. That's why there's so many churches that have different viewpoints of, quote, sin. And they label it and they list it and they, 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 they shower this information that literally establishes what's right and what's wrong, but they don't really say that. Because you can see them beat just big on the danger sins, the terrible sins, but they won't touch gossip. They won't touch gluttony. Now, I know we don't want to go that way. No one wants to go that way because maybe after service, you're going to the buffet. Either way, it's in Scripture. And what I'm trying to say is, is what happens is we pick and choose Say, this is terrible, this is terrible, and then we'll get on the phone and gossip about people. According to Jesus, that's terrible. As far as God's concerned, that's one of the ones he hates. He, he doesn't list all the evil ones that most people say, these are the major filthy sins. He lists the ones about you causing division. I hate that. You, you carrying an offense and, and driving communication to attack the church. You are in the place where God hates God hates that. And you're looking for all the major ones. Oh, I don't do these. God loves me. Well, God loves you if you do or don't do anything. He already made that clear. The point is, is tweak your understanding when it comes to this stuff. So what we do is we learn, okay, I need to understand what does the word say? This is where our freedom comes right here. What does the word say? All right. So John 3, 3 says this. You must be born again. John 7, the same thing. You must be born again. You must be born again. Now understand what this is saying. God's telling us that the place that we need to come to is the new birth. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin nature and, and it finishes with sin because they do not believe in me. Next, it says righteousness and why does it say righteousness? Because the Holy Spirit's operation in us is to keep us in righteousness. Not sin consciousness. Sin consciousness is not from God. Righteous conscience is from God. The Holy Spirit leans us or directs us into righteousness conscience. That's how you have change. You'll never, ever, ever have change on sin conscience. You can't. You're so consumed of works and legalism to where you cannot be free. It's impossible. And we want everybody free. I want to be free. So I've got to get rid of the sin consciousness and get to righteousness consciousness. Remember, Proverbs 23, 7 makes it clear. As a person constantly thinks in the heart, so are they. As a person, 
Sharar uh, is the Hebrew word, an open door or closed door. As I open the door to righteousness, that's who I become. I close the door on sin consciousness. I close the door on I'm a bad person. I close the door that I'm a liar, I'm a thief. I'm a, you might be doing that, but you can't, don't define yourself that way because you'll never change. You continue to be what you constantly think about. And I want you free. So does God. He wants you more free than I want you free. And that's a good thing. Amen. So 1 Peter 1.23 says this. Having been born again. Say having been born again. Having been born again. Not a corruptible seed. What does that mean? Not of the seed how we came into this earth. It was corrupted because of Adam and Eve. From that standpoint of Adam and Eve, the first humans... From that standpoint, from that lineage of people is corruptible seed. Jesus was born without the corruptible seed. How? God took his seed and placed it in Mary. No corruptible seed. So we have no corruptible seed in Jesus. But it says here, having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible. How? What? 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 The Bible's now telling us that the same as Jesus was in, in, on this earth, so are we now. We've been born with incorruptible. The scripture says that the seed of God, the Greek word is spermata. It's, it's the same word for natural seed. Now it says God's seed enters our spirit and we become born again. Incorruptible seed. Not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through what? The word of God, which lives and abides forever. Isn't that awesome? So once you call in Jesus' name, once you say, Jesus, you become born again. That's why scripture says that we're a new creation. Old has passed away. Behold, all becomes new. Old becomes new if you continue down this pathway. But it'll stay old. Your conscience will stay old. Everything stays old if you stay to your past. And over and over in, the, in the, uh, the New Testament, we read, take out the flesh, take out the old nature, put on the new nature, take out the old nature, put on the new nature. How are we putting on the new nature? Putting on it with the information. That's how we put it on. We take out the old uh, information, put on the new. So, it, now, when you think about <clears throat> what I just said about the Holy Spirit and conviction, let's use common sense, everybody. This is what helped me in, in a, just a tremendous way concerning this stuff. Now, I've been walking this for years and years and years, and I've taught this years ago in our church concerning the Holy Spirit and conviction. And most people that have been here long enough, they know this. But I need you to understand common sense. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yeah, of course he is. Does the Holy Spirit lie? Does God lie? No. Is God going to water down truth? No. Is the Holy Spirit going to water down truth? No. So wouldn't you believe, just because you are a bunch of wise people in here, wise people out there, wouldn't you believe that the Holy Spirit has the ability to convict everyone of the same type of sin? Right? I mean, without confusion, without, oh my gosh, who am I dealing with today? Uh, what, wait, what church do they go to? No. 
If the Holy Spirit was convicting of sin, it would be the exact sin, and every single Christian on planet Earth would have the same guilt, would have the same conviction, because we all would be convicted by the Holy Spirit exactly the same way. No difference at any church whatsoever. Now let me ask you, brothers and sisters, is that so in this world today? Are there Christians all over this place that they, we just all the same? Or are people convicted of different things? Exactly. Just use some common sense and it'll help you with scripture. Especially when the Bible doesn't even teach what most people believe concerning the Holy Spirit and conviction. So that's so important. Why? Because you're tying it to God and it's not God. And I've heard so many churches promote this and teach this stuff and it's consistently keeping people in works and legalism and they're constantly losing salvation. They're constantly being the fear of God that they're gonna get cut loose because of this false teaching. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's your conscience that's convicting you. It's your conscience being weak or strong that's convicting you. That's why people can do evil things that have no guilt whatsoever. Why? Because their conscience has been seared. Their conscience has been brought to a place where this doesn't bother them anymore. Did I not just tell you about conscience hurting that dove? It bothered me. I felt terrible. But later on in my life, <clears throat> I had no problem. My conscience had no problem whatsoever. A lot of you, you have a problem. Some people have con. Uh, a, a negative conscience on eating meat or, or uh, fishing or anything like that, <clears throat> all because of your training. You training yourself that this is wrong. So now you live a conscience saying this is wrong. This is what happens with religious people. They take their conscience of what they choose or deem sin, and then they judge by it. That's it. That's how most Christians are operating their lives right now. Their judgment is based upon their opinion, their conscience. So when you're doing something negative against their conscience, they judge you as you're in sin. I've seen it so many times in church. I, I remember, you know, a while back I was talking about uh, saying poop or caca. Now I'm going to tell you right now, in my house, you say poop or caca, and I'm not talking about my house right now, I'm talking about me growing up. You say poop or caca, you are getting soap in the mouth. You know what we said? Number two. Number two. I gotta go number two. I gotta go number one. That means pee-pee. If I said that, soap in the mouth. And I have neighbors and I have friends that would say, I gotta go caca, I'll be right back. And inside I'd go, I'd twinge. It would, I would go, ooh. Now think about this. In my house, my conscience was, you don't say that. In their house, they're free with it. They're free with it. Now think about this. This is, this is so important to understand because this is life in this planet. Some people do, some people don't. Some people act like a nut, some don't, all right? The point is, it's all about how were you raised, how were you trained? And then, of course, as I said, I grew up, conscience changed. Our conscience changes. Now, what do I want? 
I want to get my conscience in line with the word. This is where I want it, in line with scripture, amen? So it says, having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Again, I am now a part of the kingdom of God through the family of God, born of incorruptible seed. The Holy Spirit's wanting to continue to bring righteousness to me, not unrighteousness. Well, I'm not a part of the world. I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus. I called on his name. I'm part of the family now. So we look at this and we're like, okay, scripture is really showing us the importance of understanding these truths. Now, religious conviction, what, what people use the word convict, which again, it's the Greek language, it's not even tied to a religious term convict. Now you can use it because some translators decided to, but that's a religious translation. And they did it for a specific purpose, to tie it to God. And what did they define it as? Define it with shame. And they use the terminology of shame in the area of convicting. I'm convicting, I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm, this is terrible, the Holy Spirit's convicting me. And it's so wrong, so unscriptural, but again, there's a lot of false truths out there. Amen? John 8, 9 says this. Then those who heard it, being convicted, Alenko, it was exposed, it was brought to light, and being those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience. What's it say? They, were, they heard, were convicted by their conscience. Not the Holy Spirit. They heard information that went contrary to what they were taught they didn't know better. Man, I've seen this so much in, in church. All the years I've been doing this, I'll teach on a subject and I'll see people with guilty faces. I mean, it's amazing. And, and they'll come up to me. Some people, you know, there are people in, in, the, in church that have had come up to me and said, we've been living together and they've been living together for like 30 years. You know, they got grandkids. And now they heard me teach on the subject of, of marriage or something, and they're condemned and guilty. And they ask, what do we do? And I go, what do you mean, what do you do? Get married, or you're going to hell. No, I don't do any of that. I never would do that. What I would do is I'd, I'd explain to them, what are you going to do? Oh, you, you got to quit sleeping together, and you got to live in a, leave the house. And you got to be kidding me, 30 years. And the thing is, is I've seen this happen so many times, and that's not how you deal with people when they feel guilty. The guilty place is to get growth. It's to get the place of, of feeling right. And it's saying, I feel wrong about this. Well, then what do you want to do about it? I ask them, what do you want to do about it? And, and I said, go talk to one another and, and find out what you want to do about it. If you want to get married, then get married. But I'm not asking you be celibate now. So in other words, there's some, I mean, religion's wacko. But the thing is, is this what happens? You, you communicate stuff and, and to people that are, like I was, I didn't know nothing about anything when I went to church. And so they would talk about anything and I'd be feeling guilty because I just like, I'm guilty of all this. But the point is, is we're to help. We're to get, bring people to a place of, righteousness mindset, not sin consciousness. So they were convicted by, the scripture says what? Their, their own conscience. 
1 Corinthians 14, 24. It says, if an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in in, in a ministry of, of prophecy, it says he is convinced by all and convicted because of what he's hearing. Elenco, exposed, brought to light, not by the Holy Spirit. The information he heard, the information she heard, convicted them. Are you guys seeing this? Next, in James 2.9, it says, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted, elenco, exposed, brought to light, by the law. How? By the law's transgressors. Not the Holy Spirit. Again, the conviction came from the law. So the law said, don't do this. You know it said, don't do this. You did that. You have conviction. Not the Holy Spirit. So when you really look at um, convict, uh, you'll see that it's not used in a religious terminology or way. The word conviction is not even in the Bible, not even in the Bible. And I'm telling you, how many times have you heard the word conviction out of Christians' mouths? Conviction is not in the scripture. It's used in a couple newer translations by their choice to put that word in there, but it's not in scripture because our terminology of conviction and the Greek language, which they use the word conviction in, don't line up at all. If you read the word conviction in scripture, I want you to know exactly what it means. It's play rough at all. Play rough at all. That's the Greek word. It means to be persuaded, confidence, and assurance. Now you tell me the word conviction means to you. Does it mean you're persuaded, you're confident, and assured? No. Isn't that amazing though that a couple of translators, you know, in, in the quote newer translations, the, 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 I don't know if it was God's word, New Living Translation or whatever, they chose to put conviction because they knew what they were trying to do. They're trying to manipulate through translation, not the Greek language, but they're trying to move toward more of a religious mindset. And we can't do that, we have to be free, amen? So we gotta understand the word convict and conviction correctly. Otherwise, we're gonna be you know, condemning ourselves. And that's not what scripture wants, we want to be built up. So conscience is either guilty or it's innocent good or bad, and it's all based upon information you have. People come in the church all the time, brand new. People come to the church, get brand new in the church, and they're in this, this auditorium at different levels in their, in their life, their walk, and that ties to the information they have. So you'll see some do stuff that others don't agree with, and the others that don't agree with can be totally judgmental and convicted in a whole different way than the other ones do. I mean, we see it all the time. There are literally churches that major on making sure that you never do all these things and that you're guilty if you do. And are these things wrong? Probably most of them are, but not in a way where Scripture teaches. In other words, God is not putting us king judge on our heads and saying judge all these people because they don't do what you do. They don't believe the way you believe. That's, that's, just, it's, that's just religion. It's not the Bible. Gosh, and, and people love to try to quote 
a scripture or get emphasis on something that says we need to judge others. I know a good scripture for you. Get the log out of your head before you try to pick a speck because every person I know that was a person that judges others because of something they did were so filled with so much sin in their lives anyway. And people filled with sin love to judge because they're already guilty in their own lives. So what are you gonna do with that? You, you gotta be free. We need freedom, amen? We've got to get freedom. And that comes from the word of God. So consciousness, again, depends upon information. Depends upon information. Are you guys seeing this? Because see, what's happening is, is the Holy Spirit is wanting us to drive us toward righteousness mindset. Righteousness mindset. That's what stops sin. That's what stops us from doing wrong. That's what stops us from doing, the, doing things we ought not to be doing because it's going to hurt us. Not because God's angry and mad at us, because he knows it will affect us. It's going to hurt us. He wants us free. Amen? Did not Jesus say that? He wants us free. He wants us free. So when you look at the scriptures again, you have the picture of, I mean, two full uh, chapters in 1 Corinthians talking about dealing with conscience and saying, ultimately, Paul's saying, if I want to eat it, I eat it. It's no big deal. I don't care. There's only one God. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. And then there's other people that do care. And then what does scripture do? Scripture never is going to tell you, Lord over them with your wisdom and freedom. Never. That's another negative. You're either going to drive it in the judgmental way or you're going to drive it to the free way that says, well, then you are weak or you're or someone that's that doesn't know scripture. And you're just going to pound on them because they don't have your light understanding. God doesn't want that either. So what did he say? He said, if a, if a weaker Christian, a weaker believer is offended by it, then don't eat the meat. Wait till he's, you know, take off, come back an hour later, chow down. That's literally what he's saying. He's saying, but you don't need to offend them. It's, a, it's someone that doesn't know. It's someone that's not clear. It's someone that's still bound to their law. You guys, are you getting this? We're not supposed to be these righteous judges. Only God judges. We're to be people that are trying to fix our own lives. And we all need a lot of work, don't we? So, right, are you seeing this? Only God is the one that judges. We're, we're to look at ourselves. If you want to judge yourself, judge if you're seeing yourself righteous or not. Judge yourself. Am I getting up in the morning saying, I can do all things? I can, I can win. I can have victory in my life. I can overcome. Are you saying that or are you saying, I'm a loser? I'm no good. I'm terrible. Well, you're lining up with the enemy and you're disregarding scripture. That's, that's the team you're working with right now against your own life of what? Freedom. Truth. And this is what God wants you. He wants you set free. So look at the scripture. Acts 24, 16 says this. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Notice what Paul said. He goes, I strive. I strive to have a conscience, a good one, that doesn't have an offense. Listen to me, believers. Followers of Jesus, that you're operating in a life of offense. Hear what Paul is saying. 
hear what he's saying. He's gonna give you the ability to get deliverance from you walking around with an offense. And he says this, I strive, askel, askel. That's the Greek word, askel. And it literally means to have this committed, faithful exercise. Faithful, committed exercise. That's what this word means. It literally means that you are pushing beyond pressure. Now think about that. Paul's saying, for me to walk a conscience without offense, I need to exercise my conscience. How, how do you have a transformed life? How do you change? You receive Jesus. How do we become more like Jesus? You have to change how you think. Now, how you thinking has to be tied to your conscience, your perception in life, what's right or wrong according to what Scripture teaches. And what it does is it builds, strengthens you because you're exercising. You all know if you work out or you do any type of exercise, it's not simple. Your body fights against it. It's not something your body's going, good, we get to, we get to breathe harder. Good, you need to rip some more muscle. Good, we enjoy that. It doesn't do that. It's saying, don't do nothing to me. I like it when we're soft and pliable. God's going, this is what Paul did to strengthen his conscience. Watch toward God and man. You might be thinking, why did he say God? Can I be offended by God? Oh my gosh, please. You don't know how many people I've known that are offended with God. You create an offense with God when you blame him, when you, why didn't God do this? And how come he hasn't answered? You're offended with God. I've known so many people in church, in church, that were offended with God. And they don't want to say it, but they're walking it, they're talking it, they're living it. How do you stop it? How do I stop getting offense toward other people? Because y'all are offensive, you know that, right? No, I'm just kidding. We all can offend one another, but the word of God is even offensive. It says we offend in word and deed. We can offend through truth. It's, it's, it, it'll bring offense. So we've all dealt with it. We've all not only offended or been offended, but that is a place of entrapment by the enemy. It's not a place to be in. If you're using that as a badge, you don't understand. You are being run by the devil himself. He's owning you. Get out of that offense. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your mind. Quit living that way. Be free from it. How? Exercise your conscience. Well, how do you do that, Pastor? Well, that's a good question. I don't have a clue. No, I do. I'm just kidding. Well, this is what he did. He said he exercised his conscience. So what does that mean? Well, what, what do you do when you see a weak area in your life? Say it's a weak, you have a weak muscle group, a weak leg or weak arm or, or weak heart. Well, to exercise, to make it better, you have to specifically get a different way of living, different way of action, a different way of eating, whatever. And you bring that all together and you exercise with commitment to break free and get healthy, stronger. So Paul's saying my conscience would be weak in an area and I'd have to exercise it by saying, no, the word of God says this and God says this over my life and I will, I will not hold on to my past because I'm a new creation. Paul's saying this, believe me, Paul's making these comments. He was killing Christians. He was literally killing Christians at one time in his life. 
And now he's living a life building the body of Christ, bringing people to Jesus by the tens of thousands because of his words. And what does he do? He's got to exercise his mind. I'm not that old man no more. I'm a new one. I walk with Jesus. I do what he wants me to do. I don't do my old way no more. I don't do what religion demands. I do what truth is revealed to me. That's how you exercise your mind. Are you guys seeing this? So we have to have discipline training to have a good conscience. Discipline training. So we don't want sin conscious. We want righteousness conscience. So that means we've got to get God's word in us concerning who we are. Romans 2, 4 says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Is this crazy? Or you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering. Do you despise all this good stuff about God? Now watch what he says. Not knowing. Everybody say not knowing. That's the problem right there. Not knowing. Not knowing what? Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repent, not the Holy Spirit's conviction, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Say repentance. Metanoa means change mind, change perception. The goodness of God changes me when I know it, when I live it, when I think about it. Exercise God's goodness in my mind, it will what lead me to repentance. It didn't say sin, it didn't say repentance of sins. And by the way, that's not even in the Bible. Repent and sins aren't in together, they're not together. And how many how many times have you heard this stuff? It's it's this is crazy, isn't it? It will talk about the repentance in the place of repentance, change your thinking, change your way for the remission of sin nature, blotting out of sin nature, getting rid of sin nature. That's what it says. When you turn and say, I need a new nature. I need Jesus. I need to believe in him. It gets rid of your sin. And that's what the Bible teaches. Okay. So it says we are to what? Know that the goodness of God directs us to a change of mind, a change of mind. And by the way, when you do see that in Acts chapter two and three, I believe it says repent for the forbearance of sin nature. Do you know he's not talking to believers? He's talking to the religious people. Acts chapter two, Acts chapter three, all the religious people are right there in front of him. He's talking to them as religious people. And then he says, this is what you need to do. You need to change the way you think. You need to change how you think so that you can be free, completely blotted from sin nature. That's how it's written, okay? So that'll set you free. Hopefully you got that because it is always about the sin nature. 2 Corinthians 5.18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling. That means change the way this thing is. Reconciling is a transformation from enemy to close friend. Enemy 
to close friends. It says that God in Christ was changing people from being an enemy to a friend. That's thorough change in the Greek language. How was he doing it? Reconciling the world to himself. Notice what happens. God was in Christ doing this transfer of enemy to friend to the world to himself. Not inputting, not inputting logizomai, which means it's, it's accountants use it. In other words, he's not sitting there going, ding, ding, I'm putting all this on your account. He says, not accounting. There's nothing written about your past. Sins are not imputed. And it says, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses, sins to them. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become, exercise the mind, exercise the conscious, the righteousness of God in Christ. How do I become that? By thinking about it, by speaking it, by believing it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not the loser of believers, failure of the believers. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Why? Because God in Christ blotted out all my sins. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Hebrews 9, 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? He was on the cross sinless. He took the sins of the world, became sin for us. He said, how shall that through the eternal spirit offered himself with spot to God, cleanse your conscience? At what? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works? That's legalism, religion. So you can serve the living God. He said, listen, once you receive Jesus, that work he did, that blood he shed, cleanses you, your conscience. How come people aren't being cleansed? Because they don't know they don't know this. And that's what the Bible, why do we have a Bible so we can know this? Not so we can pull out scripture and make up fake scriptures that say something they don't say. Let's get this truth. It'll set you free. It'll set you free. He wants us free from what? Legalism, religion, to serving the living God. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Hebrews 10, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. How do we draw near? Full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. This is just telling us over and over again, get the word, get the word and don't let it go. Speak the word, speak the word, don't let it go. Believe the word, believe the word, don't let it go. Just get that word in you and get the word in you. You're gonna fail, you're gonna screw up, you're gonna do dumb, you're gonna have all this happening. But the more you exercise your conscience, the stronger you become. Are you guys hearing this? The more you exercise the conscience, the stronger you become. I end with these scriptures. Romans 12, 2. 
Do not be conformed to this world. Play Roma. Don't be conformed, shaped like a piece of clay, like this time we live in. But be transformed. The word transform, metamorphosal. Metamorphal. We get the word metamorphosis. The change of a caterpillar to a butterfly. Now think about that. What does God's word do to you? It transforms you completely to something totally different, but it's the same, same bug. But a transformation takes place. That caterpillar DNA transforms into a butterfly DNA. They don't even look the same at all. Now think about this because I need you to understand something. This is not saying, and I've heard Christians do this, this is not saying then act like a butterfly. We do that. We judge. If you're transformed, then you should fly. You should be beautiful. You should look like one. You should sing. Everything's about a viewpoint that's not even what Scripture teaches. It's telling you that this transformation took place inside a cocoon where no one saw it, but it happened. And that thing changed from a caterpillar to a butterfly, and it became a butterfly when it became a butterfly. It was a caterpillar when it was a caterpillar, but the transformation process created a butterfly. Now let me ask you something. If that butterfly never flew before, if that butterfly never was able to get up in the air, because once that butterfly came out of the cocoon, you walked by it and crunched it. Does that mean that wasn't a butterfly? Does it mean it wasn't a butterfly, it's still a caterpillar? No, it got crunched. It didn't have the opportunity or ability to fly. I'm gonna tell you right now, I think there's a lot of people, even in here, I know out there, that you've had some crunching going on in your life and you haven't been able to fly. And I want you to know that God's expecting, he's expecting you to fly and fly high. To be able to operate in this beautiful, beautiful new DNA you received when you said, Jesus, I believe in you. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Don't allow your conscience to be the final say. Let's exercise our conscience. Let's exercise this belief system to what God's word says. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible, no condemnation, no guilt. Every sin you committed, every sin you're going to commit, every sin in your past, it's been forgiven. God's wanting to live a life of freedom. And the only way you're gonna do it, please understand this, the only way is to exercise in the conscience to understand that yeah, you're gonna screw up and you're gonna blow it, but know this, that mindset cannot be the predominant mindset. It's gotta be that I can always get up, I can always overcome, I can always win. If I got failure, it doesn't define me, I rise up. If I trip, it doesn't define me, I rise up. If I screw up, it doesn't define me, I rise up. And that's how we exercise this conscious, that's how we win, and that's how we're gonna have victory in this new life. I hope you got something this morning because I know I did. In my life, will never be the same again. And I know this stuff, but I know it more now. So hopefully it's impacted your life.
I'd like you to bow your heads. If you've never received Jesus, I'd like to give you this opportunity. And I just say bow your heads because not to be religious, but just be personal. It keeps you from looking around, keeps you concerned about who thinks what. I just want you to be involved with your relationship right now, opening up to God who loves you dearly. I mean, Jesus was sent for you. That's how special you are. But if you never received Jesus, I want you to do this. Say these words after me, and it's going to get you into the eternal family of God. It's all done deal. Say, Jesus, I receive you in my life today. I accept you as my Lord and Savior because I believe in you. I'm ready for this new life. Not a religious one, a real one with you. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer the first time, lift your hands in here. We'll give you something. If you prayed it out there, let us know. I'll send you a booklet free just for you to help you in your new life. Love you guys. Be blessed. Have a great rest of the day. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.